It's Bear O'Clock, and this is the Bear O'Clock Show, and I can't fucking talk. You're listening to... You're listening to the... To the Bear O'Clock... The Bear O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Bear O'Clock Show. It's Bear O'Clock, and this is the Bear O'Clock Show, where every week we take a particular beer... Taste it, talk about it, and all that kind of stuff. My name is Mark, and joining me is my beer buddy, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I've been sick, Steve. Oh, I've been yeah. really, really sick. Yeah, we all know, mate. We, we all know the conclusive results of the poll were that you need to man up, uh, actually. Yeah. It's, it's not, not a lot of love for you there, I'm afraid. Down to your poisonous words over Twitter, I've been very I don't think it was. I don't think they were poisonous. I think it was, it was to the point, wasn't it? <laughs> how have you been because i've been sick how, how have you been I've, I've been i've been absolutely peachy mate I've, <laughs> I've just been getting on i've been drinking great beer and i've been having a good time uh rock and very roll good. rock and roll this week we've got a very rock and roll beer uh, it is from sam smith that most rock and roll of breweries absolutely. the organic chocolate stout which is their five percent stout so we'll be the craftiest of crafty breweries i don't know <laughs> Um, we'll be getting to that in just a little bit, but before we do that, Steve, how's your beery week been, mate? It's it's been it's been really good actually, mate. Um, before before I get into it, we've got got another little correction to make for, from last week's show. We pronounced someone's name wrong again, and I do always like to, to to make sure that we do correct that when when we pronounce people's names wrong. So Phil Kite on on Twitter, apparently I was struggling to pronounce his Twitter handle. He's actually the great Cubio not the great Cubio, which is, I think, how I pronounced him on, on last week's show. So uh, apologies for that, Phil, uh, and consider that uh, uh, the, the, the only apology you're ever going to get from us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, beer-wise, beer it's been a, a fantastic week, mate. Um, we, we entered Beer of the Year territory this week with, with Brewdog's, oh, wow. Brewdog's latest Born to Die re- release, which is their terminally hopped, IPA, which has a uh, has a 35 day shelf life on it. Um, it's the second time they've re- released one of these this year. Uh, the first one was back in July. This was uh, this one was born to die 27th of the 11th 15. Um, needless to say, I ordered mine on the Tuesday. It arrived on the Thursday, and I drank it all by Thursday night. Um, absolutely stunning. Where where the one that they did earlier on in the year was maybe a little bit had a little bit. A little bit rough around the edges, a little bit of an alcohol burn to it. They had sorted all of that out, and this was just smooth, hoppy, beautiful, big IPA territory. And I, I instantly drank it and was like, yeah, that is very much beer of the year territory for, for me. So um, that, that's that been the real uh, the, the real highlight, I suppose, in, in terms of what, what I've been drinking this week. Okay. You, you've been poorly, um, so you've drunk nothing, have you? Well, I was out last week. Oh, okay. Um, we had a leaving do, so I went to the old fountain off City Road in London. Um, this was the night before my, um, my, my, my deathly man flu kind of started kicking in. <laughs> so I managed to get a few beers under my belt before, you know, before I entered, crawled into my death, deathbed. Um, some of them were right. So I had the 11.03 Session IPA from Brew by Numbers, which was pretty nice. That's their mosaic one. Mm-hmm. Um, Cloud Water Bitter. Oh, okay, yeah, is, yeah. You know, a highly drinkable bitter. Um, and 
beer that I checked in with the word perfect, and it was, which was from Colonel, the Export Stout, London, 1890. And it was hugely boozy and stouty, and I was making people sip it, and, you know, that that you could see their toes curling just from the strength of it, and it was just spot on. Yeah. Great, a great little beer. Did they um? Did they have any of their their own brews on? Because they've just they've just started brewing downstairs, haven't they, in the old fountain? So have they? Y- yeah, because um, because I was in there last week as well. Um, and yeah, they've just they've just started doing small batch brewing in the in the basement. So well, they didn't have any because I just go by what's on the board, so they didn't have anything up on the board. Oh, okay, M- maybe they were no, between just... batches. Maybe. Um. Uh, that's a shame. I'll have to pop in again sometime soon. Yeah, keep keep your eye out for it because I think it's I think it's like a range of cask stuff that they're doing that, that quite literally is brewed in their cellar and 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 then they're selling it upstairs. So it's uh oh. it's, it's worth you and, and and any of our listeners that that go in the old fountain. Um, I, I think they they're, they're down as um oh, I can't even remember what they're called now, but it's it's a fairly obvious name linked to something like Fountain Brew House or something like that. Um, right and, and up on the board you know they tell you how far it's come and where it's from and it simply says downstairs next to it so it's <laughs> it, it, is, it is quite cool uh and, and definitely worth checking out okay well i will do that anyway uh you got any got any berry news for us mate there is there is quite a bit of news this week mate yeah all right here's some pips beep 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 okay to um to start this week's news there's only one word for it. Cannonball! I can't! <laughs> oh, here he goes. He's chugging one now. He's finally here. I've been so happy this week. Um, <laughs> yes, you couldn't have helped but notice um, that, that Magic Rock have finally got their, their cans out to, to the public. Um, Cannonball, Salty Kiss and High Wire Grapefruit are all now available from a range of suppliers um, and particularly from our point of view you can get them from ours by mail and you can use the 10% discount as well but it was like all of my Christmases came early and came at once this week when, when they were released. Um, I was also lucky enough to get over to the brewery this week as, as well for an interview with, with not just the, the, the guys from the brew team but the guys from the Tap House as as well um and you can listen to that at the end of tonight's show um listen to us talking all things magic rock um in preparation for us descending there on the friday before the crimbo crawl um so so that's uh that's the first bit of news actually i'm just gonna have another just another sip of cannonball just from <laughs> okay um next ne- the, the, the next point uh, or the next item of news, um, we've got our next live event next week, which we're doing at Hot Burns and Black, which you'll be able to hear the results of in January. Um, and it was just to say we are doing a very exclusive beer as, as part of that tasting. We're doing the Yeasty Boys PKB Remix 2015 Dark Matter. Um, there are only two kegs of this in the uk hot burns black and, and black have got one um the other one's in leeds um and we're getting to taste that at next week's tasting unfortunately all the tickets are sold out now so when we told you a few weeks ago that you should have got in quickly you should have got in quickly um but you'll be able to hear us talking about that beer in january um 
Brewdog have been in the news for a number of reasons this week. I'm not going to give them more airtime than they deserve. They've opened their new uh, bar in Soho. Uh, James Watt has now released his book, Business for Punks, Break All the Rules the Brewdog Way. And they released another controversial beer that everybody talking about them on Twitter. Um, next up, uh, another thing that was all over Twitter this week is the new homebrewing system that... Um, is going to set the world alight, apparently. This is called Pico Brew. Um, it's a self-contained home brewing machine which uses pre-packaged pods to brew beer like you'd make a cup of coffee. So you know these coffee machines where you put like a pod or a capsule in and you get coffee out the other end? There's yeah. now a machine that does that with beer. How <laughs> good is that? Honestly, how good is that? At the moment, it's uh, it's only available via Kickstarter, where it retails at uh, $499 if you want to invest. Eventually, it will increase to $1,000. Um, but if you Whoa. want easy-to-make beer at home through a pod and taking all of the uh, unnecessary faff out of it, you might want to invest in one of those. Um, <laughs> and then, finally, in this news, the long-awaited... Uh, now, this is something time and time again um waterloo in london is a bit of a desert for good beer there's there's nowhere really around there and there's been talk for a time of there that there being a craft beer house opening up around waterloo well um apparently uh what the waterloo tap which is part of the same chain as euston tap and tap leads and york tap and all the rest of them um going to be opening in march 2016 so anybody traveling in and out of waterloo will have options for decent beer um, oh, jolly good. Yeah, and then just one more thing. Uh, I might have said that about the last item, but just realised there's another one. Um, you would have seen on Twitter this week uh, the launch, kind of, of Manchester Beer Week. So this is a kind of a, a thing in the same sort of vein as the London Beer Week that takes place in August. Uh, this will be running from the 10th to the 19th of June in Manchester. Um, the guys that are arranging it are currently in the process of securing commitments from various breweries and getting partners and sponsors on board, but they're welcome to um, get anyone involved who, who's interested in just getting involved in that week. Um, so they're encouraging people to get in touch. Website will be live before the end of November, but in the meantime, people can follow them on Twitter, at MCR Beer Week, or on the Manchester Beer Week page on Facebook. But it's going to be massive. Um, knowing what the breweries are like and the scene in, is, is like in Manchester, it's going to be very well supported. Supported. It's it's very much going to be worth getting up there between the 10th and the 19th of June. Um, so uh, keep your eyes out for more details about that. Cool. I'm sure you, you'll manage to be up there for work at some point. I think I might have already arranged to be sleeping <laughs> in a certain miserable Mancunian's spare room. So... <laughs> Who could that be? Who could that be? I don't know. I don't know. He's been <laughs> on the show a few times. <laughs> right, shall we get into this week's beer, buddy? Yeah, let's um, let's do this because it's a big bottle. It's it is a, a big it's bottle. A bloody big bottle. It's uh, I think it's full pint, isn't it? Five fifty mil, isn't that that almost uh, pint? It's getting close to a pint. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout, a five percent stout. We've both had this before, but just the once, I think. We we have. Um, we're in, in a Sam Smith yeah, pub. In one of the Sam Smith pubs, and I would say that we probably had 
far too cold as well because it came straight out of their fridge. Um, didn't take away from any of the aroma, but certainly took away from some of the flavour. Um, but I've just poured this into my glass. I mean, the minute I've cracked the top, I've got nothing but chocolate pour out of that. Oh, yeah. That's what that, I remember. That, that bottle. Um, I mean, this I'm is... I'm up and I can smell the chocolate coming off this. This is a beer that has been on our our hit list probably since that first time that we tried it in, in, mm-hmm. in the bar. Um, but it's one of those that it's, it's not the easiest to get old, hold of. It's very difficult to get hold of online. Um, and you very much have to be in the right bottle shop to be able to get hold of a bottle of it um and, and we were lucky enough to be in a bottle shop early on in the year where it was there and we grabbed a couple of bottles so it was like right got it put it on the list let's do it um but yeah i'm really looking forward to this um yeah and this is a style music. yeah this is a style that long time listeners of the show will know that i've been this is my unicorn that i've been hunting the perfect chocolate stout yeah and i remember really liking this and this was in my memory this is the standard I started having for chocolate stout. So we'll see if my memory is just, you know, rose tinted or not. This this could so, be uh, the end of a lot a, a long quest tonight, then, mate. What happens if we find find the perfect chocolate stout for you? Is is that well, it? Then, do, we, do we just yeah. does the beer clock show end there? Then we start looking for the better a better one. Oh, okay. That's uh, <laughs> I, I like your thinking. Just like, just like the show doesn't stop when you discovered Cannonball. That's true. You're not looking for a better Cannonball. No, no, that's so just just looking for cannonball. <laughs> cannonball now. Yeah, more <laughs> all the cannonball, every bit of it, all of it. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> this yes. isn't about cannonball. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's it's like drinking cold hot chocolate. <laughs> that's all all I can say, really. It's uh, yeah, dark, cold, bitter hot chocolate. Yeah, it's it's it a mouthful of chocolate. Yeah, lovely chocolate coming over, very sticky, very sweet, but with an undercurrent of roastiness to it as well to give a little bit of bitterness. Yeah. So it still tastes a little bit like beer. But I remember when I first had this, because we had this on one of Vic Norman's Dragon and Flagon walking tours that we did. We actually did a beer o'clock show one with him a couple of years ago. And he knows that I don't like Sam Smith's beer generally because he's taking he, he always takes you into a sam smith's pub because he loves sam smith's i think all of his tours visit one of the pubs in london yeah indeed yeah and i generally their beers i don't like especially way back then because you know that they had like they had a wheat beer that we tried and i wasn't really into wheat beers and all that kind of stuff so he took me into into took us into the sam smith's pub and told me to try the chocolate stout and i tried it and i remember sitting there going this is amazing and this is living up pretty well. Some lovely chocolate flavours coming through. This it's not being killed off. It's not the chocolate isn't just being a guest to a, a roasted malt beer. It is very much standing up and being part of the name and part of the flavours that you would expect it to be as a chocolate stout. Absolutely, yeah. The um the chocolate's the star in this. It's it's the thing that comes through. You get hints, and and it is just just real minor hints of booziness uh, around the edges. Um, there's a little bit of a roasted finish, but there's hardly there's hardly any bitterness there. It's it's very smooth at the end, and it is very much just like drinking um, like drinking a, a hot chocolate, but in 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 beer form. Um, everything about it is it's pretty much perfect actually in terms of 
a chocolate stout. I, I don't yeah. I don't think there are many out there that are much better than this. No. I mean, I might even go a little bit to say that the chocolate is perhaps a very touch too sweet. So it's not complementing that roastiness, you know, 100% perfectly, but it's it's there at 95%. It's It's got those lovely sweet chocolate. You drink a chocolate stout, you want to taste the fucking chocolate. And there's so many chocolate stouts out there that just taste like roasted malts. And there's no sweetness, there's no stickiness, there's no chocolate. You know, it's not like you got a whisper bar in your mouth while you while you're drinking uh, 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 <laughs> while you're drinking a stout. You are generally just drinking a stout. It's most chocolate stouts. It's it's <laughs> it's very much a I I, w- I would say it's very much a milk chocolate stout rather than it is a a dark chocolate stout, and that that probably leans itself more towards the sweetness that you were talking about. Maybe yep. maybe some of that sweetness is a little bit of vanilla coming through in in there as well, which which there is a touch. It's, yeah, it's just the flavors coming through. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's an incredible beer. It's it's one that and and like you said, um, a lot of people turn their nose up to Sam Smith's beers and and their, their pubs. But you know, you go into one of their bars and you can you can order a pint of lager for about two quid. I, I, I yeah. think no no word of a lie. You, you, you're getting stuff that's direct from the brewery. They only serve their own product as as well in the bars. Um, it's when you start buying the bottles over the bar that it's expensive because the bottles are expensive to, to buy from the bars. But if you, like I said, if you can find a good bottle shop that stock, stocks them, they're well worth a try. And I know at the moment they've just released, because they always release a, a, an annual um, Christmas special beer. And I know they've just released their 2015 Christmas special as well. So that's out there as well if people want to give it a go. Yes, it's a very traditional brewery. It's, it's not the sort of brewery that we normally feature on the show, but... It's an incredible chocolate stout, and I, I would suggest that people actually seek this beer out. And if you sit in a bottle shop, buy it and enjoy it. Enjoy it over the long, dark winter months, and and just you know, revel in all those flavours that are coming through in every sip in the glass. In DD, that was a pretty easy review. It, it, it was. It's uh, it's bang on. There's not much more you can say about it. It's it's a not really chocolate stout. Um, yeah that that's all it is um it's not pretending to be anything else it's not it's not a barrel aged chocolate stout it's not a coffee chocolate stout it's it's not got chili in it it's just the chocolate stout and it it does what it says on the tin or on the bottle in in this instance and for once that's good (laughs) you don't want to be surprised by beers too often sometimes you just want you just want what you've been promised by the label. Absolutely. If a beer tells me it's a chocolate stout, then I expect it to be a chocolate fucking stout. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, do we have an Instagram of the week, mate? Of course, mate. Um, there's been Twitter has been a wash. Twitter, Instagram has been a wash with pictures this week. Um, there could be only one though. Let's let's be honest. It was always going to go to a can of Magic Rock beer this week. Um, at Fantastic Film, a picture of. Cannonball in a can. Um, you are the the proud recipient of yet another great big box of nothing, um, which will be heading your way soon. And if anybody else fancies um, their own shot at their own great big box of nothing, put a picture up on Instagram. Use the hashtag Cheers Guys. And if it catches my eye next week, uh, you'll be winning the empty box and the prize this prize and all the adulation that goes with it. <laughs> 
So, mate, hot topic. Do you have a hot topic this week? Yeah, yeah. Talk about setting Twitter alight this week with uh, the the hot topic. I don't know whether it was because it was different time, different day. I just caught people at, at, at the right or wrong time. But uh, this week's hot topic was: um, Is the hype surrounding some beer releases all part of the fun or rage worthy? Um, to which a lot of people had comments on. So um, <laughs> you might just want to bear with us on this one. I'm going to give a few views because I think they're all they're all uh, relevant, um, and that'll give you some time to to compose yourself to give me your thoughts on it. So on on the side of uh, some of the hype being rage-worthy. Uh, Miles Lambert, our number one fan, is um, becoming increasingly bored of overhyped beers, as it seems to happen so often now. Typically, there's always one beer being hyped. Uh, Mark Landells at Landells. Uh, don't believe the hype unless you want to, in which case it's perfectly acceptable to believe the hype. That's very democratic. <laughs> yeah, really sitting <laughs> on the fence there, Mark. Uh, Matt Chinnery, the half-pint gent. Um, wouldn't say it was rage-worthy. At the end of the day, the beer should be good, but certain brands hype their beer beyond its quality. Uh, Pete McCary, um, you have to ask whether breweries or beer geeks are creating said hype. Some breweries excel at social media and we lap it up. Either way, it can be irritating. Um, Pete then goes on to say that on a positive note, were it not for the hype on Twitter over the last week or so, he wouldn't have known that Old Chimneys were releasing this year's Good King Henry Special Reserve and he would have missed out on it. So sometimes it, it can help. Uh, Nick Payne at The Mighty Jag. It went too far with this year's Rainbow Project. I think people bought the hype rather than the beers. And then finally, on the side of being rage-worthy, uh, Gareth at Kolu Leeds. Uh, most of the excessive hype is consumer-generated. Gen gen sure, breweries make a big deal of new releases, especially if they can, if it can be matched by a beer, even if it's excellent. And most of this year's most hyped releases weren't that excellent. So that was all the people kind of on the side of things that are a little bit bored with hype um, around beers. On the other side of things, it's simply all part of the fun of, of drinking beer. Uh, Martin Oates, uh, if the beer matches the hype, it's all part of the fun. If not, it's just cynical marketing. The product should always lead. James Loach, if it's about what's in the bottle, exciting, collaborative or innovative, innovative beer, then it's fun. Cloudwater uh, got involved in this as well, uh, which was nice for a brewery to get involved in this. Uh, they're not sure whether brewery-generated hype is ever a positive or a useful thing. However, what happens after that is beyond their control, which is, which is a good point, actually. It's, uh, is it about the hype that the brewery creates or is it about the hype that the community creates? Uh, Bob Maxfield, it's all part of the fun. It's the excitement of trying something new and the fun of chatting with the beer community. Mr. T-Belly, who's got one of the best Twitter handles I've ever heard, at Mr. T-Belly. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> definitely all part of the fun. Some of it's marketing, some of it's community-generated. Uh, Lou on Brew, a uh, long-time listener and supporter of the show. Many of us are always looking for something we haven't had before. Nothing says hype um, like terms new and rare. It sells beer, and who doesn't love to be a beer a beer gathering with lots of like-minded beer lovers? Um, Matt Curtis got involved. Um, Matt's been on the show a few weeks ago. It's just marketing. It's how the industry works. It's up to consumers to be more mature about it. Getting excited about good stuff is just human nature, and that's okay. Uh, because essentially, us getting excited is worth thousands to a brewery in marketing, and that's always important to keep in mind. Which is again lends itself to the. It's okay for a brewery to start 
hype, but once the community continues it, they've kind of done their job. Um, Phil Elliott, a bit of hype is great. Too often a brewery makes a, new, a great new beer but doesn't shout about it. And then finally, um, that random bloke off Twitter can't keep his nose out of anything. Uh, <laughs> Justin Mason, it's all part of the fun. Life's too short to get worked up about a beer release. Besides, there'll be another one next week. Um, <laughs> so, mate, what were your thoughts? Hype surrounding beer releases, part of the fun, or do they just get a bit boring? I can't believe I'm going to agree with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, folks, it's just beer. It's not that important. And funny, <laughs> get a lot of angry tweets about that. But you know, I've seen a lot of overhyped beers, and I've tried them, and I'm. The Twitter echo chamber is a dangerous thing to be within sometimes. Um, what is really good is seeing the community rally around something that is really exciting, like um, Magic Rock coming out with canned beers or an event that's going on and stuff like that. But a particular beer, unless it's something really outstanding, like Good King Henry one, you know, which is a limited limited release, it's very highly re- recommended and rated otherwise it's just chances are i won't drink it so i'm not going to get work up about it um well well you'll be pleased to know that we've, we've been taking making full use of the new twitter polls and 72 percent of, of of our followers agree with what you're saying um and, and agree with the large majority of people that it's all just a bit of fun um and, and the hype isn't about getting rage worthy and, and, and i think if you look in this past week there have been two examples of, of beer being hyped on on twitter um the, the magic rock cans being the great one um if you were to look through magic rocks twitter timeline you'll probably find about two tweets uh, about yeah. the fact that the cans are available if you scroll through your timeline on twitter now i dare you not to find a picture of one of those cans being posted in someone's <laughs> in someone's feed very much community generated and then the other side of that is obviously Brewdog and their new beer release this this week which is called no label or, or something like that all Brewdog generated hype um and then a lot of negativity uh, about it from the community uh, on twitter so it's kind of like it is some roundabouts but I think it's interesting and I, I think this week's been great because so many people got involved in Hot Topic this week and that's what we want Hot Topic to be about, a little bit of debate outside of the show that you and I can then bring in into the show to talk about and let's keep it going as well. If people have still got views on this week's Hot Topic, tweet us, use the hashtag Hot Topic, let us know what you think um, and there'll be another Hot Topic coming along. The Hot Topic will be back for you to get involved in. Yeah, at the end of the show after the tinkly tinkly music we have an interview that's somewhat related to one of the the, the hype topics at the moment, don't, don't we, Steve? We, we do, yeah. As, as I mentioned earlier on, I, I got over to, to, to the Magic Rock chat room this week. Uh, I was lucky enough to sit down with um, Stu, who's um, f- the from the brewing team at, at Magic Rock, who was, and we were having a chat about the history of the brewery, then moving to a new facility, cans, what's next from all that sort of thing. We also had a chat with Duncan, who manages the taproom, um, about what it means to a brewery to have a taproom and how important it is as a showcase to their beers. And that's that's just as a bit of a precursor to, to the Friday night pre-Crimbo Crawl that we're doing on Friday the 18th of December. Um, all the details are on the website if you want to have a look. Um, but make sure you hang around to the end to have a listen to the Magic Rock interview. Indeed, and don't forget you can get your beers from Ales by Mail, Beautiful Beers, Beer Merchants and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners. 
on any beers from the website. So check out all the details on our beer list page at beeroclockshow.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at beeroclockshow, on Instagram at beeroclockshow. Steve is an untapped at Beer Show Steve. He's just licking his chops for more cannibal that he just sculled. And I'm on Twitter and on tapped at Beer Show Mark. Next week, bum 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 is the Imperial March homebrew special, Stevie. It is. It's the uh, what's very rapidly becoming the highlight of the season for for most people. It's the homebrew special. Got us. Slight twist on it this season, though, mate, because we're bringing back um, three people from previous homebrew specials to, to see how things are going with their homebrewing now. Um, but in a slight change to the way we normally do things, we dictated what it was that they'd be brewing. And we told them all that what they had to brew was imperial and it had to be black. And it had to taste like oranges. So um, I'm really looking forward to, to the outcome next week. And I'm look, really looking forward to, to welcoming back um, A.D. Good, Goodrich, Andrew Hobbs and Andy Parker um, to the show to share with us their brews in, in what we're calling the Imperial March. Indeed. Right, well, I think that about wraps up this week's show, mate. Thanks very much. It's been the absolute highlight of my week, mate. And my apologies to everyone for it being slightly late, but I was sick, you see, yeah. and we couldn't record earlier in the week. Hashtag man up. <laughs> Hashtag poor Mark. Hashtag angel. <laughs> right. Until next time, buddy. Cheerio. It's Bear O'Clock, and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show Duncan and Stu from Magic Rock. Guys, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Um, we're going to do uh, a bit of a two-part interview today. So first we're going to have a chat about uh, the brewery and, and how things are evolving and then we're going to talk about the, the taproom and, and what that's that's bringing to, to the setup here now. So um, Stu, give us a little bit of a potted history of, of Magic Rock. Right, so uh, Magic Rock was founded in 2011. Uh, we started brewing in uh, June. Uh, was it April? April maybe? April 2011? I think we launched in June, that's why I always get confused. Um, we started with the um, the first sort of five beers we made, which are Ringmaster, Rapture, Highwire, Cannonball and Dark Arts, uh, which, which still all heavily feature in our main lineup. Um, we uh, slowly expanded over four years. The first two, two and a half years were, were the periods we added tanks um, into the old site, we went from two fermenting vessels at the start and added added fermenting vessels two at a time, up to to eight, giving us a uh, four brew a week, hundred, uh, two hundred hectolitre capacity in the fermenting fermenting space. Um, and I guess the the move was a long time coming because we were looking at uh, an old uh, different site across the road from here, um, which fell through, and. Uh, we then had to start looking for uh, somewhere else and this site came up. Uh, we were uh, we're still quite a long time in the planning of it, of the whole thing, and we'd already ordered ordered all the new fermenting vessels, brew house, and a lot of, a lot of bits of equipment that we had waiting. And uh, fin- finally getting in was um, was really great. Mm-hmm. So you're in you're in the new brewery now, and it's it's obviously a massive step up in terms of size. 
what what does that that mean to you guys now? What does that obviously it allows you to produce more beer, but what what else does it allow you to do that maybe the smaller site didn't allow you to do? Well, there are a couple the couple of main main things we wanted from the from the move was um, bigger brew house capacity to be able to. Uh, to brew more beer but then also the space to be able to add more fermenting vessels we we didn't really anticipate how much we'd want to grow at the old site and we did we did but we did make more beer there than we ever thought we would do um, with the new site we've got a lot more space for, for bigger fermenting vessels we moved six of the old fermenting vessels from the old site which are small and if we take those out for almost the same footprint we can put three four times bigger tanks in we also wanted the space for the uh, canning line that was that was always our long-term goal we, we started looking into the canning side of things about three years ago um, the uh, the other so the canning, canning really, a lot more fermenting space, and then really the other main thing was driving force behind it, looking for the right space and the right location was the tap room. Okay. Um, let's just talk cans for a minute before we, we, we chat to Duncan about the, the, the tap room. Um, and unless you've had your head buried in the sand for the last few weeks, you couldn't have helped miss that they're now out in the wild. Um, firstly, that must be finally a, a massive relief for you guys to, to have them out there. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. It's um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, even from moving in the brewery and the first brews here being in July, having all the canning line on site but not actually being able to do anything with it was pretty frustrating. Um, we still had a lot of services to put in. We've been we've been constantly a little bit understaffed as well through the whole process and um, and finally getting it up and running and tweaking a few bits on the line to make it work properly and minimise the wastage and. Get, get the uh, get a nice efficient uh, running on the machine has, has been really good and just yeah, the cans coming out last week literally last week um, the first three runs of cannonball high wire grapefruit and uh, salty kiss it's, it's been fantastic to get them out at last and what's what's the reception been like I mean stuff that I've seen on Twitter everybody's raving about them, so but... so far very good I don't think anybody's really had much of a chance to drink them uh, before uh, last Saturday night, only like five days ago, really, um, they've just hit the hit a few shops and, whole, and wholesalers, distributors, um, and the website. The website now, I think people they went live yesterday, so I guess people might start getting deliveries tomorrow okay. um, and be drinking them at home this weekend. I guess marvelous. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, yeah, I um got to got to admit, I was straight online yesterday buying mine. So, um, and I've just had the delivery notification, so they should be uh, chilled and ready to go um, at the weekend. So, obviously, you launched with um, the three beers there that you said. Um, there's obviously plans to put other beers in cans in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're uh, we're planning on testing the can labelling machine we've got uh, in a few weeks. Uh, give us the opportunity to um, do some really small batches of uh, barrel aged beers. Maybe occasionally some of the um, some of the other brands that we don't we, we don't want to you know spend a lot of money on getting a big batch of printed cans on. We could we could do some of the other regular brands. We've started initially with three 30 mil cans, and we we have got all the change parts for the machine to uh, to do 500 mils as well. And at some point next year, there's there's talk of a couple of the regular brands, maybe Simpleton, maybe regular Highway or something like that, going into 500 mil cans. Okay. And, and what about, where, where does this leave things like the, the specials, so Unhuman Cannibal, um, 
bearded lady, strongman even, which we've only seen once, and, and I'm kind of hoping that that's coming back at some point. Where, where does it, it leave these beers in the future? Are they, you, you're looking at cans for those as well? We haven't fully decided on, on what we're going to do with Unhuman Cannonball for next year. I think that's going to be the next, potentially one of the, you know, the next specials that we've got to think about. Are we going to get the old bottling machine out or can? And with the old bottling machine, is it'll limit the numbers on the on the on the bottles. We can potentially brew a 5,000 litre batch of Unhuman Cannonball next year. Um, if we were to can it, we could we could get a good six or seven thousand cans out and still have plenty of kegs mm-hmm. to send out send out to uh, on trade. Yeah. Uh, whereas if we go for bottling again, because it's it's a pretty slow manual manually operated machine, it's poss- it's possible we'd only do maybe 2,000 bottles at most, maybe probably less than that actually. So it, I suppose it depends what people want. Yeah. I think it'd be great to be able to get it to more people. So Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what we, we want really, is more people to be able to try the beer. Yeah. And if, if and have access to it. Cans is your preferred packaging now yeah. as well if you can if you can get it into into yeah. cans and but, the canning line is a much more efficient machine than our little hand bottling line, so uh, as far as the quality of the beer is concerned, it would be a lot, a lot better, far better than our uh, bottling machine. The, the canning lines would have a lot, lot less dissolved oxygen pickup, which would, um, so the, 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 you know, the hot character would, would certainly, um, certainly be better for longer. Okay, um, so you, you mentioned obviously with the new site comes the, the, the tap room, um, and um, that's where we're sat now, chatting, um, hearing the music in the background, it's a, it's a great little environment that you've created here. Um, what does this add to the, to the Magic Rock offer? Well, I think, you know, I, I was brought in from helping out with bars in Manchester, and um, Rich Norgate and Rich Burhouse, the owner, went over to the States and sort of took a, quite a lot of influence from, from over there and you know there's only so much you can do to an industrial unit but I think we've done a pretty pretty good job. I was sort of, you know, Rich Norgate has been involved from a design perspective but also the aesthetic of putting it all together and um, yeah, it's just a really all-encompassing, like quite comfortable space really and you know 200 capacity, 11 beers on all the time and it's just, it's just, I'm quite biased, but it's quite a nice place to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I can agree, sort of like, you know, sat here uh, enjoying a beer with you now. Um, how important is it for you to, to, to use the tap room to showcase the Magic Rock beers? Uh, well, the, one of the first things that we talked about, we, we've been playing staff as well, but it's just like, this is the face of the brand, you know, the Magic Rock company and that's the first time they've sort of put themselves out there and I think that's you know it's, it's a brave move to sort of do it and it's quite a bold statement of what, what they've done here um, but the staff you know the staff are great and they're, they're well aware that they're the first point of contact now for uh, for Magic Rock because you know not normally if you go to a meet the brewer event or maybe if you go to a beer festival you'll have a chance to chat briefly with the brewers or with the owner but now you've got a full opportunity to sort of get the full Magic Rock experience and it's it's right here in, in Huddersfield and uh, yeah it's good it's, it's an honour to be asked to, to represent it's good so, so you say you were bought in from elsewhere uh, <laughs> especially imported <laughs> yeah um, obviously that you come must come with some experience um, in, in terms of managing bars um, how how is, is managing a tap room any different from managing a normal bar is it is it more of a challenge um, 
<clears throat> well, I did. I was more involved with the events and marketing side for three bars in Manchester and the Indie Man Beer Con Festival, more from an events management background. So. When I first took this job, I was quite—I uh, was quite honest and said I'd never pulled a pint before in my entire life. So, <laughs> so Rich put Rich sort of put faith in me, and that you know, and that, that was that was again that was that was good honour to be involved. But, but yeah, managing managing this space, it sort of you know it sort of does it does its own thing, and it's sort of living, breathing as the beer brews in the background, and you know, event schedule is coming into place with with the quiz and with music with music festivals and food festivals and the rainbow project it's just growing all the time it's only been what is it you know three or four months at yeah. the moment and it's just like we're still learning how to use the space and so far so far so good you know so uh, yeah i think it's different from a bar in manchester because huddersfield doesn't have anything like this so and i think the the best thing about this place has been word of mouth yeah you know there's no flashing signs outside there's been no advertising at, at all really and you know magic rock as a brand has a good following but the people of Huddersfield are just sort of talking amongst themselves and that, that's the best way, you know what I mean? This, this place talks for itself and people talk for us, if that makes sense. Have you found that you've you've captured the local audience or are, and are people travelling from away to come and visit? Is it becoming a bit of a destination yeah, for, yeah, for beer def- people? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I think like between 70 and 80% of people here sort of newcomers like all the time on an average you know an average sort of saturday afternoon is our main trade and that, that yeah it's like 20 percent regulars um and 80 percent sort of yeah new new people it's a destination place you know we're a bit out of town so you have to make a bit of an effort to come here and because they've made the effort people i think people appreciate the space a bit more because they're you know there's not we've no passing trade or, or anything really yeah. you know we're in berkeby a like 10 minute walk out of town and um yeah i think we've we keep we keep the locals keep the locals happy with people that come here you know we, we always chatting to them and stuff and they're always really interested in what's going on and no it's good it's it's, it's quite a healthy healthy community to be involved in definitely and and how important is that 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 food and and beer offering together on on a, on a weekend for you yeah it's it's, it's big i mean like now we're, we're <clears throat> huddersfield is in a perfect uh Location between Manchester and Leeds because I've got quite a few Manchester contacts from, from the bars over there with the food side of things, and then we're, we're pick, cherry picking from Leeds and Manchester the street food scenes mm-hmm. over there, and it's just like yeah, yeah, it's like a, I'm like a kid in a sweet shop sometimes, yeah, picking picking all my favourite bits of food that we want over, and yeah, the food and drink festival we did in August was amazing, and we've got another we've got a festive food and drink festival on the 12th of December, and yeah, it's, it's really important, yeah, it's like food keeps people here and. Um, and yeah, we yeah, it just, just works really well. So in addition, you say you've got eleven taps running here. You, you've got the, the the standard growler fill option yeah. as well. Um, how important is that as a part of the business? Is, is people being able to come in and take the beer away to drink at home? Yeah, it was one of the things that we, we did quite a bit of training on, and it's it's, a, it's big in America, but I don't I don't think it's that big in this country. There's there's elements here here there and everywhere, but I think. You know, we only fill our own growlers. We want traceability. We're about quality, and and we want our beer to be represented the best way it can be, even if it's leaving this this building. You know, um, 
and yeah we did we did quite a stew as stew helped set up this bar in in regards to the mechanics and you know he was quite adamant about how how growlers were filled and we're always checking quality and, and stuff like that and um yeah it's it's really it's really it's sort of once it's sort of an investment piece isn't it buying a growler because we only fill our own you know we explain it to people and they think it's a bit expensive but in the end you're saving a bit of money on on the growler fills and stuff and yeah you get to take home a bit of the magic and and before the cans came we you know our first shipment of growlers sold out in two weeks the first two weeks of opening and um, yeah it was a quite a positive sign definitely yeah. definitely it's good it's good okay so so looking um into the future um what does the next 12 months hold firstly for the brewery <clears throat> we're um, we're looking at the moment at uh, scheduling in uh, some of the upgrades we want to make to the equipment we've got so far uh, just improving the efficiencies and then the capacity of the, uh, of the brewery um, switching out next year we'll, we'll be switching out some of the uh, the older 25 hectolitre fermenting vessels for um, 100 hectolitre fermenting vessels to give us an increase in capacity. We're also looking at scheduling how we increase um, the production in the brew house as well. Not actually the volume, but the the frequency we can brew in a day. Uh, adding adding brew house vessels, um, more efficient uh, mashing and. Um, Lautering techniques, and then um, through to the uh, packaging side, uh, adding in uh, more efficient carbonation methods and uh, transfer methods from tank to uh, either canning or to to the kegging kegging lines, and just a slow, steady increase in uh, in capacity. At the same time, adding um, a few extra bits of equipment in the lab so we can keep an eye on what's going on, make sure we've got the um, quality control and quality assurance that that we need to have yeah and and what about the the, the tap room um continue to go to from strength to strength yeah i mean you know right around so you know this is sort of starting november and we don't want to look on the negative i think but you're sort of expecting a downturn in business but it, it ain't happening at the moment so uh, we've got the quiz which started tonight and that'll be fortnightly and we've got, we're going to have some live music events happening in the New Year's DJs, yeah, as I mentioned before, the festive food and drink on the 12th of December and yeah, we'll, we'll be up on Christmas Eve, Boxing Day, we've got New Year's Eve planned with the Combe Valley Funk and Soul guys and just, yeah, I'm really interested to see the space evolve. The first exhibition launched last Thursday as well, we have bike bike displays on and like 200 people here it was it was amazing it was so good to see the space used in that way you know and brewery tours will be next year yeah we'll go, we'll go for next year yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brewery tours official brewery tours will, will commence on uh, saturdays and wednesdays probably for next year and uh yeah we'll, we'll just we'll just see what happens you know it's sort of the honeymoon period is, is sort of over a bit now and then let's just sort of yeah onwards and upwards with it really okay guys well listen i um appreciate your time uh, i'm gonna get let you get back to your day jobs of of, of brewing beer and, and, and running the tap room um cheers thank you cheers